I had a pastor once who, who came to me and he wanted to go into ministry and he, he's actually is pastoring now. But when he first came um, and we first had relationship, he was sitting with Jody and I and talking and he's going, yeah, I really want to pursue ministry. And he goes, the only thing is I don't like kids. <laughs> and Jody looked at him and said, then you can't be in ministry. And he's like, what? <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you know this, but kids are little adults. Amen? Amen. God makes these things, uh, you're just going to get some great revelation here, called human beings. And they start small. Right? They have a soul in them. How many of you have a soul? Raise your hand. If you think you have a soul, you think you're a functioning brain, or do you think you have a soul in you? Is there something that identifies inside you? So do they. How many feel like you have a calling, whether you know it or not? You think you have a calling from God? So do they, right? You know, so realize that, that kids are so important. I, this is just such a great thing. And when, when I did, used to do a Power Kids, Pete used to be Power Man. And we got this red cape on him. And because, you know, I've got some video background, when they built the new Home Depot, while they were building it, we shot him building it really fast. And then we'd go to the new one that was there and shoot it as if he had built it all, the Empowerman. And he'd come with this cape, and he'd, I would have the camera like this, and he'd run at me, and I'd backwards, and I'd fall backwards, and he'd jump over me, and it looked like he was flying. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. And when we had the kids out here, we had this whole, row, whole section filled out, and we'd have... I just tell them a scripture. I never planned anything. I just go, I know more than these guys do. Right? How many know? Tell me one of Jesus' stories. Tell me one of Jesus' stories. Any one of them. Name them. Somebody. Okay, death on the cross. Someone else name another Jesus story in the Bible. Okay, the, the Jonah and the whale. What else? Noah and the ark. How about Jesus' story? Any of his parables? The loaves and fishes, okay? The Good Samaritan. I take the Good Samaritan. I break them up into seven groups. I take the oldest kid and make them the leader, you know, or the kid that can handle the other kids. And then, and I tell them all what a timeout looked like. First thing I tell them every week. And I go, timeout is where you sit over there and fold your hands. And they go, Oh, and I go, that's when you're like being too loud, but you got all this energy, so you're going to store it over there. <laughs> and I just tell them right at the beginning, and then they'd practice the play, and then they'd come up here and perform it. I'd give them 15 minutes to work the play, and guess what? They all knew the parables of Jesus, right? A really simple story. God is good, Amen. Listen, I, Jody and I, through the years, we've been, we did kids' ministry for years and years and years. And it was the first ministry that I ever did was kids' ministry. And I see these kids now, and they're pastors, and they're leaders, and they're entrepreneurs, and they're doing things. You know, I get, I, I get you know, um, contact with, uh, you know, Eden Tatahe, who's doing mission work around the country. You know, Ira, you know, working with Dennis Posey and just the great things that God is doing. We get to influence these young people and they're open like sponges. It's tremendous. 
And, and I know some of you, because I'm talking about kids, you're going, oh, I don't know where my kids are right now. Listen, parenting doesn't stop just because your kids are having a hard time. How many say amen? You work through it and you keep with your kids. My kids are doubting. My kids are this. My kids are struggling. My kids don't. They've lost their identity. Continue to work with them. Amen? How many believe the power of God is stronger than he who's in the world? Listen, the worst thing you can do is shrink back and defeat. Right? Oh, man, I don't, you know, I don't know it's going to work. Don't you think that that attitude is spiritually passing on to your children? Right? You get a loser mindset and you pass it on. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if I can really do it. And, you, and all of a sudden you see your kids and you go, kids, I need you to build up. And you go, I don't know if they go, I don't know if I could do it. Oh, well. And they're going to go, man, I'm just like you. There are times we need to rise up. I hope you're hearing me. I really do. Because every kid struggles, right? There's no kids that come out in a perfect three-piece suit. I love God perfectly. I am a robotic kid. I go to church regularly. Where's my Bible? Oh, there it is. I will read it. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Mother. Please pass the peanut butter. Please pass the bread. I love my brothers and sisters. Kaboom! Oh, sorry. (laughs) Listen, if someone has spiritual authority uh, over your kids, parents, it ought to be you. Act like it. Act like it. But they're over there and they're far away. You serve the God who's in charge of everything. Right? Don't cower. Move forward. Move forward. Just take, can, can you just right now, just with your eyes closed or open, I'm sorry, take a step spiritually forward. Just take a step forward, whatever situation you're facing, and just take a step forward and say, Lord, in the spirit, I'm moving forward. You, you've got this. Kids, you guys, and you, you see all these kids. I go out of my way. I mean, the biggest regret I have with my calling, because I work with older leaders sometimes and pastors, and you know, I'm responsible for lots of pastors, you know, or, or, or different parts all over the country. And, and it's sometimes difficult because I'm thinking, man, I see the opportunity for kids ministry, and I'm going like, I there they go. I go, I want to be there because it is a blast working with kids. Okay, a nursery. Huh? Okay, it's still a struggle. <laughs> but you, but you learn to embrace kids at each age. Amen. It's a little soul that goes over. Now, one thing I don't have a ton of time, but I will be good with my time. Maybe October twelfth, I am going to start a series called Tough Topics. I'm going to deal with things that are controversial in the world, and, and I'm not going to treat them like Fox News or CNN. I am not going to treat them as a religious right-wing uh, zealot. I'm going to te- uh, treat them as a pastor who b- really believes that the Bible is true. And I am going to try to, the best of my ability, and hopefully God anoints me in it, that is something that you can have with you to understand some of these tough topics, how to talk about them and how to understand them from God's heart. 
One of them is going to be 13 years and older, and it's going to be about sexuality. I'm, I'm going to talk about in our culture today, you know, that we have a, a diversity in our culture of homosexuality. We have transgender. We have all kinds of things. How does God look at this? And I, and I know I know you might be curious. Are you going to beat up, you know, my friends who are are in this lifestyle? Or on the other side, are you going to tell us that it's right? Are you going to tell us that it's wrong? Why don't you come find out? And and just trust that the Bible and God may know a little more than CNN and Fox News and MSNBC. Just for a moment. Give it a shot. Okay? Um, I call this tough topics, you know, because I'm going to be also talking about women in ministry because a lot of times people think the Bible is against women in ministry and I know the scriptures. You don't think I've read the Bible? I've read it. I've seen it. I've read it in the Greek there. It's, and I'm going to talk about politics and war and our involvement in those. And I'm going to talk about the, the uh, science and evolution. And, and I'm not going to approach it from the perspective of, I believe in God, so he created everything just because I believe it. But what about the scientific establishment? I'm going to go to the scientific literature itself. Okay and demonstrate that the science proves that God did what he did. Proves what he does. Bring your atheist friends or your diehard evolutionists because I'm going to give them a chance at the microphone so they can ask questions. So we're going to leave a little more time. We're going to cut our worship back a little bit and our announcements out during that time period so that we have lots of time for questions and answers. Okay? And how many say amen? Amen. Amen. This is good. And I call this the Shrink the Church series. Right? And because I am the worst pastor as far as like trying to raise funds and trying to get facilities and all that stuff. And I go, I don't ever need to. I I just talk about some tough topic and someone gets insulted before I even said anything. Eric doesn't like my gay uncle. Oh, really? You know that about me? I don't think so. And I'll just say one thing. I I promise you, you will hear things you've never heard before. Okay? Never. And I I promise you this too, and just a biblical promise. Whatever these topics are, and the world measures everything with their desire. What do I desire? What do I want so I can know who I am? When the Bible calls our desires the flesh, We never find our identity by the flesh. The Bible says we're a new creation by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who defines us. And I'm definitely not going to lift up, I'm a married man, I sit above everyone. Listen, Joni and I have a great marriage. We love each other. But we're losers too. (laughs) Right? There are just times where you, guys, you know what I'm talking about. You say something and you go, that was stupid. I set my marriage back like 90 years. <laughs> How many guys can relate to what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? And, and there, you know, and, and Jody will feel the same way. She's just talking. And, and it's like, but I want to give you hope. God will make your love deeper and richer. And don't you want to be more like the Lord? Yeah. 
Not in the sense of some religious sense, just a deep conviction. Now, I want to talk about kids and this kids thing here. Kids matter to God. Now, I know what you might be thinking. I'm not going to get anything out there just trying to promote getting more people signed up. I promise you that that's not my goal. My goal here is to get you excited about raising up leaders. When, when you're going to watch this church re- go to a new level, and what's going to happen is some of the kids that are, that are younger are actually taking the leadership life of the, of the church. They become, I was sitting at a pastor's conference recently, and Dan Boyd, he's about 10 years older than me, we were starting to look at some of the pictures on the wall of some of the pastors that used to be there. And I go, oh, I remember her. You know, she was a missionary in India for like 60 years. She's gone. You know, I remember seeing her. And it's like, and all these new bucks, they don't know them, but we're passing things on to them. Just like you do to your kids. You remember the stupid things you do and you go, man, I hope they don't do that. And if you see them do the stupid things, you're going like, ugh. You keep running on that wall and your face is going to hurt. Right? But God... Kids have, are smaller, but they have the same size souls. Everything I said, they can learn like we do. They have the same calling. I just want to mention one leader before I get to the heart of the message, and I'll get right to it. Josiah, King Josiah, was eight years old when he began to reign. 13 to 16. He had a couple mentors. They would really be in Old Testament pastors. And when you think of pastors, in our culture, the idea of pastors messed up in a lot of ways. You think of me as the pastor. And, and I do play a lead role, and the Bible talks about elders in the church who have to, you know, their job is you know, teaching and preaching is the, is the way God describes it. But there's a lot of pastors among you. How many say amen? amen? There's a lot of pastor shepherds around you. Moms, you play a shepherd role to your kids. You don't know other pastors. You know pastors that might be like me, but you don't know anyone exactly like me because I am a unique creation by God. And so are you. And I spent my first year of ministry trying to imitate a bunch of other leaders, and I realized that didn't work because they were better at being them than I was being them. But I'm better at being me. And can I tell you, it's fun being me. (laughs) It really is. It is fun being me. It's, I've been me for a long time. My whole life I've been me. <laughs> Even when I was phony, I was phony me being phony someone else. But I was me being phony me. Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, And trust me, Josiah did some stupid things. And how many, when you were a kid, did some stupid things? Come on. Oh, yeah. Listen, parents, don't give up. Move forward. Amen? Listen, he walked in the ways of his father's David. He had Hilkah the priest, and he had Shamnah, another uh, a messenger with him, that mentored him. When he finally got a revelation as a young kid, because you had all these terrible kings. Just read First and Second Chronicles, and you'll just see a list of terrible kings. You know, it gives all these phrases of things that they did. And you have a few revival kings. One of them is Manasseh, who's like an old, wicked king. He's probably the most wicked king in the whole Bible. And he has the biggest revival. He changes and repents to the Lord with power. You know, and I want to encourage parents, don't give up on yourself and don't give up on your kids. God can redeem you. Amen? He found out the word of God, King Josiah. He destroyed the altars, the false idols. And, and, and it says that he not only took them down, 
but the Bible says that he crushed them and pulverized them to dust so no one would ever turn to them. And you might think of some primitive picture, but think about a king that says, the people are turning to stuff that's ruining them. It's, it's failing them. God looks at the idols and he says, what are these idols going to do for you? And listen, you, it, there's nothing wrong with iPhones and games and whatever games you tend to play. But if that becomes your worship, you're wasting your time. They have no answer. The flesh will feel a little bit of satisfied. It doesn't matter if it's sexual satisfaction or whatever you're looking for. It, nothing is going to satisfy like the Spirit of God. Amen. Listen, number one, I can learn from kids. Okay? Now, Jesus calls the little child in front of them and he says, I tell the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. You're never going to embrace the things by faith. You're never going to get a challenge and just accept it because you're an adult now. You think things through. You, you have you know, risk and reward ratios on spreadsheets. Sometimes you just need to chuck all that and just do it. Uh, what kind of question should I ask with relationship if I try to build a relationship with my son? Why don't you just hang out with your kid and just go, hey, what's going on? How you doing? And just start the conversation. How many say amen? Listen, when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things Jesus did, he starts healing people. The kids started shouting, Hosanna, son of David. And the Pharisees, the religious people, were ticked off. I mean, every once in a while, we'll get some kid crying in here and stuff, and people go, hey, shut the kid up. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe you need to move the kid out. But come on, he's a kid. That's what kids do. That's what adults do. Right? I wanted that raise. I didn't get it. Right? I'm the same. I'm just like you. Trust me, I have the same issues that you have to struggle with. And, and they tell Jesus, they go, do you hear what they're saying? They're praising you. Do you see that? And I love Jesus' answer. Yep. I heard it. It's like, Jesus, I heard it. I felt it. And then Jesus just quotes some scripture. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. God has purposed praise for kids. When our kids don't get the opportunity to worship and all we do is surround them with fleshly things, we, we limit and we restrain their God-given destiny. They are called to worship and they will accept it by faith. They don't need the analysis of the fossil record, but I'll give you one in the literature. Oh, man. I wish I had 10 hours. I'd talk the whole time. I got tons of stuff. Listen, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, learned and revealed them to little kids. I love that. You know, Jesus says often, it's the ennoble people. That's why you get the cocaine dealers. And some of your kids, I talk to parents and they go, my kid's smoking weed right now and I'm not sure what to do. And I go, listen, just love your kid through the weed smoking. I'm not saying that you should endorse it, but I'm saying is that, trust me, I smoked a ton of weed and I'm pastoring a church. Okay? <laughs> a ton of weed. Boxes and cartons of weed. And can I tell you, it didn't help anything. So if you're a pot smoker, you know exactly what I'm talking about right? It's a short escape, and then you're back in your terrible life, and then you're, you're, you feel like a loser because you just took 10 steps back, and you have no purpose, and you, you, you don't realize that you can feel better 
in the spirit with God and have no side effects. Do you know that? It's better than weed. But it is true. When Jody and I landed in Colorado, we looked at each other and said, should we legally smoke weed right now? (laughs) Just jokingly. And the answer was no, because even if they legalize it, I don't want things taking me away from the Lord. Listen, you know, I've had people challenge me with food through the years, and I've been like with no sugar, and I'm doing all kinds of things to the best of my ability. And I I don't want to feed my flesh. It doesn't mean I don't want to enjoy good food. I I just don't want to be a person driven by it. How many say amen? amen? Listen. Number two is I can help kids find God, and I love that picture of that kid, right? You know, I, I, there was a, a Filipino pastor that we met in, at this conference in California, and he's like 40 minutes away from Kevin Kligman, who is now over there planting a church from our church. And what are the odds of that? And, he, and I said, and he goes, I need to show you my testimony and what it is. Because he'd been pastoring for 37 years, planted tons and tons of churches there. And I said, what's your testimony? And then he pulls out to Jody and I a picture of him on his deathbed. And he was like frail and broken with tubes in him. And he says, they told me I was going to die. He says, it's the first time I was totally and utterly discouraged. And he said, and I, I could have died and accepted it as God's will, but God spoke to me out of Psalm 118. It's the center verse of the Bible. Like it's the very center. It says you shall live and not die because God has ordained for you that you would become a praise to him. And he said, that is my testimony. And And it's kind of like God has a calling for every little kid. The, the birthing, the human experiences, you're little when you start. But it's still you in there, right? Every seven years, your cells replicate and everything in you dies. Everything physically dies through mitosis. The cells replicate. But there's something that still stays alive in you that's still you. That's your soul. And, I, and I'm talking to your soul right now. And that soul has a calling and a purpose and a destiny. And I'm telling you, when your kids are struggling, don't give up on them. I know you don't want to, and I know how easy it is. And sometimes, you know, I know parents who've lost their kids. Trust God's providence. They're not in a bad place. They're in the presence of the living God. Do you think they had a bad day this morning? I don't think so. But that doesn't mean there's no great pain there because it is. It's great pain. I have many good friends who've gone through that and struggled. And they can tell you how precious kids and and, and brothers and sisters who've lost sisters and brothers. God is still good. Gosh, I'm over time. You stupid clock. Gosh. I hate that clock. Someone move the hand back. When Jesus saw the disciples, the kids were coming to Jesus. I'll wrap it up. But the kids are running to Jesus 
And, 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 and it's like the disciples with their religious background, it's kind of like, keep the kids over there. Or, or it's kind of like, and I've been in services where you know kids are everywhere and it's noisy, it's kind of disordered. It, it, it doesn't mean you can't have times when kids sometimes need to be on their own. We're talking about topics that they're not interested in. But sometimes it's good discipline. You need to teach your kids how to sit still. Did you know that? Oh, I keep my kid entertained all the time. Here's another burrito. Put it in your mouth. How would you like that? <laughs> sit still. So uh, we would teach our kids. I go, you sit down. You just kind of fold your hands and, and look at life. <laughs> I want to play. I know. But you're going to learn how to sit. This is good for your life. And all of a sudden, they'd be sitting there and they go, they go, man, your kids can sit at a restaurant for an hour. Just kick back. And they seem to be enjoying themselves. Yeah, it's called self-discipline. Now we're going to teach the parents. <laughs> Amen? Have you ever, ever taught kids where you go, man, I think I need to learn that. That's where uh, Mitchell was right and Enoch was right. You know, when you teach, you oftentimes learn more. Let the little children come to me. Jesus is indignant. I mean, he's annoyed. It's like an injustice. Indignant says it's an injustice that he can't believe. It's kind of like, let those kids come to God. Gosh. You know what? The best investment I look around when I see, and I, trust me, I've invested in all kinds of things. I've been men's pastor. I've been this and that. And I love working with men and all kinds of stuff, but working with kids. When you serve and lose your life, you will grow more than you ever have. And there's a lot of, lot of people that just sit around and sit around and sit around and wonder why they don't grow. They never lose their life. It never hurts. They never give till it hurts. They never serve till it hurts. And we're not the church that wants to you know, bury you in service so all you do is you know, get crushed in your life and never get fed. We, we aren't that type of church. We want you to have time to grow and take seasons off and you know, not be scheduled every single time and have time to come into service and grow yourself. And church service is just one thing of church. Church, how many know it doesn't belong in the building? Right? It's, can everyone say it's the people? Do it one more time. Okay, now say, it's the kids. They are not an afterthought. They are not an afterthought. They are not another thing. They are the foundation that we're bringing. Timothy. Paul says, Timothy, remember when grandma and mama laid hands on you when you were little? And then when you got older, I laid hands on you and confirmed it. And he goes, now, Timothy, fan that fire up and you become who you are and man God's got great things it's a blessing it's a reward for you and don't be afraid to discipline your kids I'm not talking about abuse them don't abuse them if you do just come to my office and we'll wrestle for a while (laughs) and I'll get your aggression out right I weigh enough it'll, it'll be hard on you right I'd rather you do that than take it out on kids, but don't withhold discipline from your kids and rob them of the love of restriction because you care about them. Don't listen to the world's ways of doing things. This is how you do it. You know what, parents who don't discipline their kids, they yell at their kids because they get so frustrated and exasperated and they're, they're so tired and worn out. 
And, and, and you can learn a biblical view. And there's, we have a parenting class and there's things available. You can meet with one of our pastors and leaders and grow. I, I had, you know, Jackie and Jose, I met with you guys over a, a period of months, just going over one lesson every week. Here's another, try this and try that. Did it help? You know, and the thing is, is that, yeah, look at their kids back there smirking. That's because you guys got a lot more discipline after it, Horde's huh? Isn't that true? But you're better for it. You are better for it. Amen. How many think God is good? Is, I mean, how many, that's a terrible thing to say. How many think God is great? Come on, man. Man, God is great. I got a bunch of other points, but it don't matter. Okay, because I'm way over time. But the Bible says that you need to impress the things of the Lord on your kids. You guys, I, I, I loved my dad, and I know that he loved me. But he did not know, due to his upbringing and whatever, he did not know how. It was hard for him to emotionally open up. It really was. And my kids will tell you that I had similar struggles. It took me a while. Like I, I could get to a certain level, but at a certain time, I had a hard time. of going like, oh, I want to be more intimate with my kids, and I don't know how. And, and what would happen is that I'd have certain times where I would just back off. I'd go, oh, I just don't know what to do. I tried, but it didn't work. And, and God started challenging me. He goes, Eric, it's going to hurt a little bit, but you need to keep going forward. And, and it would be literally sometimes I'd go, hey, how you doing? And my insecurity would want to keep talking and not listen and, and, and you know, just keep things busy. And I, I couldn't, it was really hard for me just to stop and try to listen what was on their heart. And I literally was almost like I was going, okay, I got to just, I got to shut up and listen. And my son or my daughter would be telling me what's going on in their day. And I'd be going, I don't relate to what you're going through. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to. And what happened is, God changed me on the inside. Isn't that what you want? Transformation that isn't society. I joked about it last week, but there's no political bill or rarely a political bill that's going to bring any change to life. You know, even America has so much freedom. We're the land of the free, but we're the land of the bondage. Right? Don't you want to have real freedom? Listen, I'm closing now. Whatever the past is, wherever your kids are now, take a stand now. Take a stand for the legacy of your kids and your grandkids and everything else. And don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Don't worry if your husband shows up or if your husband, if your wife shows up. Don't worry about that for your family's sake. Just take a stand somewhere and just go, I'm standing for my family. But I can get discouraged and this happened and that happened wrong. Of course it will. You're going to have trials all over the place. But be a fighter. Be a fighter. Amen? And then move forward. And you go, I can't pray with my spouse. I know it's sometimes it's hard. You know, you're ticked at her. She's ticked at you. You feel unspiritual. You feel unworthy. Whatever it is. Find the breakthrough and let God do it. He wants to. He's going to help you. When you take the step out, God's going, yes. And he will do it. You are called to win. You are called to win. I don't know how to convince you. Ah! Does that help? 
I don't know if it did. We're going to close. <laughs> I meant that. Uh, listen, come forward to the base camp team. This is our discipleship ministry. You know, my future son-in-law and daughter are in it. Encourage all my kids to be a part of base camp. I hope you do too. Bring your kids to base camp. They're doing it in the youth group. God's done so many things. Father, I thank you for the cross. There are some of you right now that need a grand gesture in your soul about redemption. And I want you to not think about your works. I don't want you to focus on, man, I blew this and failed that, and I wish I would have done that. We all have that. I want you to let it go, and I want you to think of the cross and say, my sins are forgiven. Say it to the Lord. My sins are forgiven. Embrace it. My sins are forgiven. My transgressions are forgiven. I am clean before God. And then just say, Lord, fill me with your power. Fill me with the anointing call of God. Flow it to my children. Flow it to my generation. If they're blind or if they're addicted, if they don't know who they are, fill them with your power. Touch them. I will stand in the gap for them. And watch yourself become who you're supposed to be. And as you become who you're supposed to be, watch that truth pass spiritually to your children. And so, Father, we bless you. We praise you. And just raise both hands if that truth is for you. I'm raising it for me. Raise your hands high. Do not skirt back. Skate back, back up, whatever. Put your hands up and say, I embrace that. If you don't have kids, don't worry. There's people around you that you're a parent to. We're all adopted. Adoption is the norm in Scripture. We're adopted. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Bless the people, Lord. Fill them with your power. Touch them in new and grand ways. Do your anointed work on them. We look for healing and deliverance and power, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Do I hear a loud amen? Amen. Amen.